Hey everybody, welcome to the Magical Girl's Guide to Life, a disgustingly girly podcast by a disgustingly girly adult. (laughs) So I'm here today with the writer of words, a goddess, a queen, Asia Monet. (laughs) Asia, please tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find you. Of course, of course. Hello everyone, my name is Asia Monet. I am an essayist and novelist. Um, I write a lot of both fiction and nonfiction. The fiction novel that I have out right now is called The Black Banes, and it is a young adult contemporary fantasy novel about a girl whose uh, family gets kidnapped in the midst of a magical Mm. world war, and she has to go on a magical road trip across the United States to find people to help her save her family. And I swear Mm -hmm. it is funnier than it sounds. <laughs> it is a <laughs> fantasy comedy. It is all about, ironically, the thing we are talking about today. It's about friendship. It's about found family. It's about all of these really fun things. Um, and I'm also interested, ironically, in the flip side of that and the flip side of fantasy, which is more like dark fantasy and gothic mm. horror stuff that I also like to dip my toes into. Um, and ironically, though, I always say that gothic horror is like the girliest yeah. of the horror genres and I mean that <laughs> in the best way possible because I'm like one thing yeah. about me I love the idea of being in a super long nightgown holding like yes. a little candelabra running down a yes. hallway like looking gorgeous <laughs> and spooky yes um, and weeping yeah, exactly <laughs> I'm like you have to have the right outfit if you're gonna run through a haunted house it's important absolutely absolutely <laughs> want one of those nightgowns one of those long right? silky like thinking about my woes kind yeah. of nightgowns. oh my gosh I see them sometimes and they're always so expensive and I'm like one yeah. day I'm gonna get one and I'm gonna live <laughs> my dreams yes yes if you find one that's affordable send me the link <laughs> but I love that you brought up horror actually because in, when we're talking about like found families and things like that, I know you love vampires, and I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like vampires are the perfect example of like found family. Well, would it be because it's kind of like for like forced found family? I don't know. What are your yeah. thoughts? <laughs> no, I really agree. I think vampires are really fun because there are so many different ways that people write about them, and there's so many different takes yeah. people have on them. And for me, I actually agree. I love the found family element of vampires because my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite two vampire novels are actually Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice and Bram Stoker's Dracula. And at first it seems like, okay, like how are those found family? But Bram Stoker's Dracula is about a group of people who get together and are like, this guy, he kind of sucks, like literally. He's going around, like, sucking people's blood, just being a menace throughout the streets of London. We got to get rid of him. And so (laughs) you have Nina Harker, her husband, and um, the three men who were in love with, I believe her name was Lucy. Lucy was stern. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And all of them get together and they're like, we need to pool our resources and, like, our abilities to get rid of Dracula. And by the end of the book... They are all besties. They are all like this family. Along with Van Helsing, they all love each other. They're all so committed to each other. It's literally beautiful. Like the baby that uh, Lucy, I'm sorry, not Lucy, the baby that Mina and Jonathan have at the end of the book, they name after like another one of their friends. I think it's Quincy, Mm -hmm. the the American cowboy. And I was like, that is so wholesome. Like that is so cute. And I don't know, I just... (laughs) I love vampire stories that also dabble in found family. And Interview does the same thing. I mean, clearly it's about a a vampire family. But yeah, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. There's a lot of stuff in there, like a lot of stuff in the genre that just like plays around with that trope and it makes it really, really fun. It's funny that you're describing the way you're describing Dracula. It's like, (laughs) it's so cute they get together. They bonded over getting rid of this guy. They did. We gotta get rid of him. Sometimes friendships are formed because everybody's just like, this person, the vibes are bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we all kind of hate him, right? Like, yeah. And you're like, do we all agree that he's just ruining the vibe right now? <laughs> but then why am I like 
as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, poor Dracula. <laughs> no one loves him. <laughs> Maybe if, if Dracula had a found family, he'd be better. Maybe that's right, all he needed. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. He needed someone to love him, and then he right. wouldn't be sucking people's blood. <laughs> okay. Now let's talk more about your book and the found family in your book. Like, please, please tell me all about it. Right. I want to so, know all the details. The Black Veins was, I think like there are like multiple examples of a found family. The Black Veins was really fun for me because it was like a friendship found family where everyone's the same age, everyone's going through the same life experiences and everyone's able to relate to each other and help each other with their life experiences because they're like going through life together. Um, they come from very different walks of life. Like Cordelia is a character who grew up really rich and she's very privileged. Jay is another character who grew up really wealthy. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have characters like Caspian who literally grew up in a graveyard. Um, and there are all these different life experiences and all these different levels of um, going through life. There's Daniel, who is very shy, very withdrawn. He's never had friends before. He has no idea how to exist socially. And then you also have Blith, who has had friends, but is now closed off from having friends because she's moved around so much in her life and it's hard to make connections with people. And then you have Jay, who's like, I'm just here to vibe. I just want to have a good time at all times. That's all I care Love about. That. I don't need connections. <laughs> I just need to vibe. And yeah having them all be together and learn to love each other and learn to understand each other and learn to accept each other was, I think my favorite thing to write about. And it was my mm. favorite thing to explore in this series. Um, on the flip side of that, the book that got me my agent, which was in a bed of blood, which was actually a draft of the retelling was more of a found family in terms of like a family structure. So you had mm. our main character, Nina, who ended up being estranged from her father and like her mother passed away. And so she had lost all like family units, but throughout the story, there are a bunch of other characters that she ends up having like a sibling vibe with. Um, mm. There are a bunch of different figures from Gothic horror in, in a bed of blood. So Victor Frankenstein is in this book and they actually cool. end up having like a fun little sibling relationship where they bicker all the time, they fight, but ultimately they come to love each other in this really, really deep and honest way. And they understand each other in a way that perhaps nobody else does. And then you have Dr. Henry Jekyll, who ends up being kind of a father figure to both of them. Um, mm -hmm. And so you have these really interesting dynamics from different life stages in, in A Bed of Blood that I really loved exploring because I feel like there's just so many different ways to have a found family. You can do it the way it is in the Black Veins where you're all friends, you're all besties, you're all at different life stages. But you could also explore things like kind of like the way that I did in, in A Bed of Blood where it's like, you're my dad now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I just <laughs> met you, but you're kind of my dad now. We're, you're yeah. my dad. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Um, and I love, congrats on getting an agent. Because <laughs> that's like Thank a you. huge deal. Yeah. Yes. And you're so young, girl. I'm like... Yes. <laughs> Achieve. <laughs> yes. Oh no, I absolutely love my agent. Like she's yeah. amazing. I'm so grateful that we are able to work together. I think a lot about um how in publishing people are like it's more important to have like the right agent than just a agent. And I agree yeah. with that so much because like being able to work with someone who like gets you and like gets what your writing style is and like what's important to you is always like really, really fun. Mm -hmm. Um and like, not to go so far off topic, but like a really fun thing that um, happens often with me and my agent is that I'll send her a book that I've written. I'll be like, hey, like, I kind of, I feel like I'm going towards something, but I don't quite know what it is. And she'll read it and get back to me. And she's like, oh, you were trying to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, mm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what I was trying to do. I didn't know <laughs> it. I was like, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm going towards something. And she's just so good at like, always knowing exactly what I'm trying to say. And like, Aww. I don't know. I feel very lucky to work with her. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always awesome when you find people who like just kinetically, kinetically align, energetically align, energetically, whatever. Spiritually. <laughs> yes. There we go. Your third eye is just like 
touch. <laughs> <laughs> Your third eyes see into each other. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I get that. And I love that because sometimes when you're in the story, you're so close that you can't really see like bigger picture things. So sending, sending what you're writing to somebody who gets your style, gets like you spiritually, like we're saying, like, it, it makes all the difference because I have sent my writing to people who kind of don't get my writing style and then they mm. they just don't like get it. But then people who yeah. are like, oh, okay, I've read stories similar to this or like from writers who write like you. And so I see the vision. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad that your agent and you are like seeing eye to eye. <laughs> yes, third, third eye, eye to, to third, third eye. eye. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about your found families like in your life like because i have a feeling that you have had this experience (laughs) i have i have um i remember when i was working on the black veins i was at a point in my life where i didn't have a found family and i think i was really um in a way, manifesting. Are you into manifesting? Is that yes, a thing? Okay. I am. <laughs> so like I yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, <me too>. yeah. <laughs> I think like when I when I was writing that book in a way I was like manifesting the found family that I wanted to have in the future. Mm-hmm. Um because I was very, very lonely in high school. Like I was very lonely in terms of finding people that I could connect with. Like I felt like I had yeah. friends and people that I liked spending time with, but there was a depth and intensity of um, like relationships and care and trust that just wasn't in my mm-hmm. life that I really, really longed for. And in making, in writing The Guardians and in making The Black Bays, I was really like manifesting the kind of like care and attention and intention that I wanted to have in my relationships. Yeah. And in the past couple of years, I've been able to find people who are like, like we were talking about, like on my wavelength, like seeing third eye to third eye. Where I'm yes. like, I feel like we get each other. I feel like we are here for each other. I really mm-hmm. do feel like I have created in my life now a network of people where I know that if I'm like, hey, I need you, they're showing up regardless. Mm. Like they are always going to be there. And there's like a calmness you get when like you know that you have that support network there and i feel like there's also like a depth to it because with your biological family you end up with them you don't pick them you know they're they're there and i think there can be something really beautiful about having a biological family you know you can rely on that's Mm -hmm. really really good but i think that there's something just like a little extra magical about like just like going through the world and finding people and connecting with them yes. on that deep deep way because it's like the only thing that brought us together was us and like the only thing that like keeps us going is our choice to continue being in each other's lives mm-hmm. and i think that that's just like really strong and really beautiful because it's like wow you're just choosing <laughs> you're choosing each other every day like mm-hmm. wow, that's crazy I love yeah that. that's like the ultimate form of love to me is is the choice yeah the fact that like every moment that we are connected yeah you're you're choosing to you're choosing to connect with me to communicate with me to forgive me to like express yourself to me especially in a world where there's not a lot of like trust and connection like I feel like as time goes on like like at least from I tend to have a negative worldview. I'm going to just admit it to people. Like, I tend Girl, to have a me too. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> We're going to be the same. Because well, like, I'm like, like, I write okay. horror novels. Oh, you're right. Okay, so you get it. You get it. <laughs> but from the way when I sit back and observe the world, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are we like becoming people who just revel in being like alone and not trusting and not... And then when someone does is trusting, there's just people who like sit ready to take advantage of them. I'm like, why can't we just be open <laughs> with each other and everything? Like that's that's like for me what makes it so much more powerful when you do connect with someone on that level, or like mm-hmm. when you show up and you're vulnerable with someone and they're vulnerable back, and it's just it's like yeah. such a magic experience because it's it's so rare and it's 
just so meaningful. And mm. I really like what you said about forgiveness, because I think that that's something that people don't think about a lot when they think about letting people into their lives in any kind of way, like friendships, mm. romantic relationships, like found family, anything. Like I think people think that it's always going to be easy and that if a person is meant to be in your life, you're never going to have conflict or like you're never right. going to disagree, but that's not true. And a lot of times you're going to disagree with the people you love. Like it might just be about stuff like does pineapple belong on pizza? You know, like <laughs> right. maybe someone's like it does. And you're like, I can't believe you think that that's the yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, sometimes it'll also be like big stuff too. And I think forgiveness mm -hmm. is such a huge, huge part of like, being in a positive relationship with like anyone. I agree. And I see a lot of like TikToks because I'd be on TikTok. I had to block the TikTok account because it kept popping up and being like, whoa, you've been scrolling for way too long. I'm like away with you. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm so glad they implemented that, but it's also so embarrassing because it like, is. you didn't have to tell me. Right. You didn't have to tell me. Right. Like I knew I've been on here for five hours. Okay. Like, <laughs> but anyway, I've been on TikTok and I see so, so much dialogue on like protecting your peace and like, you know, I had to isolate to find myself and all of that stuff. And that, that kind of stuff kind of makes me sad. Like sometimes it's good to isolate a little bit, but like to cut everyone off and like be all alone by choice is kind of, that's spooky to me. <laughs> that's spooky. Yeah. yeah. I, ironically, that is literally what the main character of the Black Thanes is going through. Um, with she moved around a lot as a kid. And so she was constantly yeah. making relationships and then dropping them off and making them and dropping them off. And mm. at the start of the novel, she's like, oh, I don't do friendships anymore because they always end and I don't really let people in my life. And yeah. as she goes through this journey, she realizes she's actually quite lonely. And she really misses having friends. And there are these cute parts in the novel where she'll be hanging out with the other guardians and they'll be having a good time. And she'll be like, wow, I wish I still did friendships because I'd love to Aww. be friends with you guys. <laughs> it's like, girl, just do it. Right. <laughs> just yeah. be friends with just them. Just accept it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, honestly, based on where I was at that time in my life too, because yeah. I had also had like a lot of really difficult life events to process and like, I didn't feel connected to the people around me. And I was at a point where I was like, okay, I'm just, just going to distance myself because I don't want to get hurt. And I think that's yeah. why people do that. They're like protecting your peace is just another way of being like, I don't want to be vulnerable and I don't want to get hurt. Mm -hmm. But like, if you want to be open to love, you kind of sometimes have to be open to the chance that you might get hurt. And that's right. kind of like the gamble you have to take. And it sucks because like nobody ever wants to hear that. You want to be able yeah. to be like, no, I want to be safe forever. I want to stay in my little corner with my little mm -hmm. shields up where nobody can get me. <laughs> but it's like, if you stay there with your shields up, nobody can love you either. And it exactly. is like you said, like it's, it is spooky. It's very lonely. Yeah, it really is. And something that you said kind of reminds me of something I think about sometimes like that without without darkness there literally is no light like we would not know the concept yes. of light if we didn't know the concept of darkness and so it's like to experience love you almost have to experience pain to then yeah <laughs> understand that what you're experiencing is love <laughs> so, yeah no you're absolutely right mm -hmm. yeah i think about that a lot i actually think when i'm whenever I'm like working on a story or working on a book, I'm constantly thinking about like what I'm trying to say or like where I'm trying to go with it. And I think I often return to these themes of like love and connection between mm. people and like how important that is. And I think that's why right now, like I really, really like writing horror because I get to write these moments of like light in these really, really dark worlds. And yeah. I think that that is so powerful and so beautiful because I do love writing about found family. And I think I will write about found family forever. And I will yeah. do exactly what Braun Stoker did and be like, you guys are in this horrific situation. Things are terrible, but you have each other and you are gonna band yes. together and you're gonna get through this together. And it just, it's my favorite thing to write about. You know that meme that's like, you've told us this story a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, you're gonna hear it again. That's me. I keep writing oh. the same thing. I like, I love me too. families. <laughs> Yeah, I love found families. I love the idea of love conquering everything, and I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> over yes, and over yes, again. please do. 
because we need more stories about love, even if they're wrapped in a dark and scary bow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so now I want to talk, I want to circle back to vampires because <laughs> I feel like you are like the queen of the vamps. Like anytime I think about vampires, I associate them with you. <laughs> Um, and I had a little a little time in my life where I was like, you know what? I like vampires. I never got into Twilight, but like other things, yes. So what we're going to do is I want you to rank your top three. Yeah, who are your top three vampires from top literature vampires. to like shows to movies? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So he popped in my head two people popped in my head immediately. I'm going to have to think about the third one. The first one is by far Armand. That's the one I always talk about on Twitter. I feel like everybody yeah. who knows me knows I'm an Armand stan. Armand <laughs> doesn't have a last name, which is quite sad. I feel bad for him because I'm like, wow, Aww. everybody else in the series has a last name. You don't. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> but his name is Armand. He's from Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles. Um, he is an interesting little guy. <laughs> he's a fascinating little guy. Um, I absolutely adore him. I think he's a very deliciously complex character. Yeah. I think that I've never really read a character like him before. Um, and he is a menace. I will be honest. He is an absolute menace. I like referring to him as the final oh, boss of Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> Because you think, you're like, oh, like, this guy was stat. He seems like he really sucks. And I'm like, wait until you meet Armand, because he sucks even more. Oh, dang. Um, <laughs> but I adore him, because I think, ironically, the only thing that he wants in life is to be loved. And he has a really, really difficult time trying to figure out how to go about that and how to cope with all the trauma he's been through and how to find himself in a good stable meaningful relationship that's not toxic and yeah. one could argue that actually all the vampires in Anne Rice's novels are trying to figure out how to do that and I'm like yeah that's why yeah. I love them I eat those books up hey. <laughs> it's just vampire dating drama and I'm like Ooh, yes <laughs> but yes Armand my number one favorite vampire of all time he mm -hmm. is equal parts vicious and just very sensitive he is just really simultaneously very intelligent, but also very not emotionally intelligent. And I'm like saying sometimes I don't know what's going yeah. on with my emotions either. Oh. I find him very relatable <laughs> at times. I love him to death. Um, yeah. So he'd be my first one. My okay, second so one. So he's number one. He's at the top of he's the number list. One. Okay, number he's number one. one. Okay, he's number one. Okay. Number two would probably be Alucard from Castlevania, the show. Ooh, I've okay. not played the game. I know a lot of people really, really love the game. Um, but I devoured the show. I loved that show. Wait, he is Castlevania is... the one where he, like, the first episode, he, like, destroys, like, some town or something? Is that Dracula? Castlevania? Yeah. Yes, that's his yes, dad. Yes. That's his oh, dad. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay, now I'm picturing yeah. the character. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, Castlevania, it, like, starts with Dracula uh, meeting his wife, yeah. and then I think, like, his wife gets, like, burnt at the stake, and he's like, uh-uh. And I was like, mm. why would y'all open with that? Because Dracula's supposed to be the bad guy, and now yeah. I feel bad for him. <laughs> Again, the <laughs> same situation, where I'm like, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God, this guy has got it rough. Like, right? <laughs> but, yeah, Alucard is his son, and he's my favorite. Yeah. Um, first of all, gorgeous, beautiful man. <laughs> Like, love him. Love a beautiful man. Yes. Um, and just, like, I don't know, another character whose personality I love, I feel like he is also, I love a lonely vampire, apparently. He's also a little lonely. He Aww. has to, like, work through his trauma. He's, like, really smart and has all this stuff to offer the world. But he is also just, like, trying to figure out his place in the world because he's, like, half human, half vampire. He's, like, what mm. part of me am I more so of? Wait, um, so how does that work? Does he have to drink blood or no? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in the show, in the mm. show, I, I, I've not seen Castlevania in a while. But I don't yeah. vividly remember him drinking any blood at any point in time. Mm. But he has vampire powers. Like, he has all the vampire powers and stuff. Okay. But can he, he, can he die? <laughs> can he die? Like, or is he... I think 
can be I can think he can like die, but like he's really long like he's really long lived. Like he's like mm. almost immortal or something. Okay. And what about his soul? Like will his soul like I know in some vampire <laughs> iterations, like when they get like staked at the heart or whatever, like their soul just they just disappear. Yeah. But like how does I don't that work? Know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, because the thing is that, like, every, I feel like every story has their own rules for how, like, half human, half vampire people work. And yeah. I feel like Castlevania, the show, they just kind of sit you down and they're like, he's half human and half vampire. And then yeah. they're like, well, what does that mean? And the show's like, don't worry about it. Right. Don't ask no questions. <laughs> and it's like, don't ask. <laughs> yeah. We got we got a story to get to. We got to <laughs> run through Wallachia. Don't ask. Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Because I'm like, so what, yeah. what's going on? Because usually, the, like, to me, vampire stories usually give a little rundown of something. Like, okay, this is what kills them. They yeah. can't come out uh, during the day. Like, Whoop de whoop de woo. So that's interesting. Like they did, they did with the other vampires, but with Alucard, yeah. they were like, "Well, he's Alucard," and yeah, you just have to be like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> right." Like I'm just rolling with it, <laughs> right? Okay, so that's your number two. Who's oh, number three? Third. I'm trying to think of a vampire like show or movie or comic that I haven't talked about yet. Have you seen Being um, Human? No, what is that? Oh, you haven't heard of it? Oh, no. you gotta watch. So it's about a <laughs> vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost that end up like living oh, together. That's sweet. You've seen I know it? exactly what you're talking about. You just yeah. unlocked the memory I didn't know I had. <laughs> yeah. I vib- wow. Yeah, it's like old, and they live in like a flat together, and there was yeah, and they all in the too. apartment. Yeah, yeah. And they so, were, they were like they had found family vibes too, didn't they? They were they like did. friends or yeah. Yeah. Oh so the gosh. ghost was haunting the place. The vampire and the werewolf, I think they already knew each other and they moved in together. Yeah, they were roommates, right? Yeah. And so all three of them, there's like a mystery to like how did the ghost die? And then like, you know, all this stuff, but US version, I didn't like as much. The British version, great. <laughs> <laughs> did you finish? Do you remember? I don't I don't think I did. I think oh. this was a show I remember being very, very young when I heard about this show. Yeah. And I think it was during my peak I went through a phase where I was very curious about everything that had vampires in it. It was yeah. like during the Twilight era. It was like Twilight, True mm-hmm. Blood. I had gotten super into like Blade. Um, that was when I discovered interview and then I got super into interview. So I think I was like curious about that show and I like yeah. started watching it, but I don't think I ever finished. Oh, you should watch it all because I love Ew. it. <laughs> I will okay, revisit. Okay, okay. This is fun. Back, back to your list. What's number three? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have to come up with a third one. Yeah. I'm like thinking of more characters from Cas- from Castlevania or Interview the Vampire. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of a third one. You know what? This is kind this is kind of cheating, but I do. I wanna. I feel like Dracula should be on the list because, yeah. in all honesty, if I hear that Dracula is in something or like he's a character that factors in like any sort of movie show or anything, I will watch it. <laughs> like, yes. I'm so curious. Did you see the Renfield trailer? I, I think it's called Renfield. I did. Yeah, I'm it looks so, so good. Yeah, it looks <laughs> so wild. I saw it and I was like, wow. I need to buy my ticket already. I have to. Yes. Like, <laughs> Nicholas Cage as Dracula. Yes. Whoa. Like, it looks <laughs> so funny it. already. I tried to look at it. Exactly. I was like, when is this coming out? I hope it's coming out in like a month. And I think it comes out. Does it come out over the summer or something? It was. I think it is for. It, we do have to wait a little bit for it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, because I want to watch it now. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm like, I can already tell this is like going to be one of the movies I see in theaters because sometimes mm-hmm. I see a movie and I'm like, I can wait till it's streaming. I can wait. And this is when I was like, no, I need to be seated. Yes. <laughs> I need to yes. Be there. Yes. I need to see on the big screen. Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It looks hilarious. And so, so good. Yeah. So good. It's on the top of also my list along concept. with the Barbie movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I'm getting dressed up for that one. Me <laughs> That's too. That's what I'm getting dressed up for. <laughs> so excited. Me too. But yeah, what were you going to say about Redfield? Um, 
I was gonna say about Renfield, I think that's like a fun like concept, and then it made me remember like this idea of like humans and how they work for vampires. I always love that, and it made me remember yeah. what we do in the shadows, which is a show basically about these uh, like another found family of vampires and yeah. the human Guillermo that works for them. Mm. Um, and I think it's on its third or fourth season right now that just wrapped yeah. up. Um, and I'm still like making my way through that. But I think my other favorite vampire would probably have to be from that show. And it oh. would either, it's a tie between Laszlo, there's a character named Laszlo, and there's a character named Nausea. And they are oh. married and they're obsessed with each other. Like they Aww. are deeply in like the most disgusting, annoying form of love. <laughs> and they're vampires. So they're also like a little bit evil. And I love that for them. I'm like, what a, what a life. What? <laughs> how lovely it must be to be like a mortal evil and just like in love like great yes. you're, you're living your best life that's like so the they're, Adam they're family tied. that that yeah. reminds me of gomez and morticia i'm like i want a oh. gomez and morticia type of love like literally kiss my hand and... all the time yeah. I'm like, <laughs> anytime i'm like getting ready to go on a date i'm like but are we giving gomez and morticia yes <laughs> yes <laughs> we have going here yes like ever since i watched wednesday i'll just like put my hand out for my boyfriend i'm like you know what to do so... exactly <laughs> but yeah okay i love that you love like dark things but then you're just so precious and adorable i'm just like yes i love evil vampires but <laughs> it is very funny when people when they meet me without knowing like my writing or anything that i work on yeah. I've had people like guess and they're like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, are you a romance writer? And I'm like, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a, little bit. a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In between the death and destruction and despair. <laughs> Those are my two favorite things. Like, I'm like, love and death. I'm like, I yes, love yes. Yeah, because they go hand happy. in hand. They go hand they in do. hand. <laughs> they really do. Okay. So now this is another circling back. Like, this is the most chaotic interview ever, but... <laughs> I'm having a great time. I hope people oh, listening cool. are also having a good time, because I'm fine. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask about the whole, like, finding an agent. So, um, for the people listening who also want to walk in your footsteps and find an agent and write a book, how, do, how would somebody go about um, doing so? So I will say one thing about it is that yeah. it is easier said than done, which is one thing I always want to say about like working on something, not to discourage anyone, but just to let them know like, hey, if you start on this journey and it's a little difficult and you're like, mm -hmm. oh my God, but like when I was told what I had to do, it sounded so easy. It is not just you. <laughs> the yeah. process is, it does take work and it does take time. So if you run into roadblocks, like, don't feel like you're doing something wrong. Don't feel like, you know, you're like, oh, but it seems so easy. It's not a you problem. It is easier said than done. But yeah. the first thing you have to do is that you do have to finish your book or your novel or whatever you're working on. And you want to make sure that you've written it to the best of your ability. Like you have polished the story, you've edited a couple times. Maybe you sent it to like a friend or a critique partner or just somebody who you work with to like help shape up your writing. You just want to make sure that like you have made this book the best it could possibly be. And you're very, very proud of it. Um, and then you want to write something called a query letter. And a query letter is mm -hmm. basically explaining who you are and what your book is about. So you'll be like, hi, I wrote <laughs> this novel about a found family that is hunting a yeah. vampire and you'll say my name is so and so i'm from here and you'll want this letter to be about one page and you'll want it to be like very clean very well written and now what you're going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to find agents that you want to represent you and so the way you can find agents is based on the genre that you are writing genres that you mm -hmm. want to write in so maybe your book that you're writing right now is a fantasy novel, but you're like, I also really like sci-fi. And in the future, I want to write sci-fi novels. You'll probably want to find an agent that does fantasy and sci-fi. Um, and you want to get like a list of them. Like you want to be able to query, I would say in rounds and maybe each round you'll query about like maybe like five, six or seven agents. Um, mm. And then you can just take it round by rounds. 
um, you will send them the query and you'll also see if they have on their website or um, basically anywhere if they've said like, hey, this is specifically what I'm looking for. Because sometimes agents will be like, just send me your query. That's all I want. Some agents will be like, yeah. I want to see your query in the first five pages. Sometimes they'll be like, I want your query in the first like 25 pages and something called a synopsis, which is when you mm. write down everything that happens in your story and try to make it concise and hit all the important points as quickly as possible. Um, just so the agent can get a vibe for the whole story uh, without having to like spend hours and hours reading it because they get a ton of submissions and oftentimes right. agents just don't really have time to like read that many books. Um, so you'll go through, you'll find what each agent wants you to have and you'll send it to them. And then you have to do the thing, which is the most common part of publishing, which is wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> publishing yes. is a ton of waiting. Publishing is literally just doing things and waiting for an absurdly long time. Yeah. Um, so you'll send your query out and you'll wait to hear back from them. If they really vibe with your story, they'll ask to see a the full novel from you. So you'll send them your whole novel and they'll read it. And if they love it, they'll get back to you and they'll give you an offer of representation, which basically is them saying, hey, I would love to be your agent. And then yeah. from there, what happens kind of just depends on the agent's style. I had offers of representation where we just got on a phone call. I had some where um, we did like a Zoom face-to-face -face type thing. I'm sure you could talk with your agent and just tell them like, you know, what you're comfortable with. But it's basically a call so that you guys can get to know each other, you know, like vibe, see if you would be able to work well together. You can ask them any questions that you have, things that you're looking for in an agent, things that you want in your partnership. Um, because it is a business partnership, you know, like writing is like a business thing, but you also yeah. want to be able to make sure that you can chat with each other, that you feel comfortable together, that your communication styles are similar. Um, and if all this works out and you're both like on board, then you can be like, yes, I would love to work with you. And then you'll get yeah. a little contract and you'll sign your contract and then boom, you'll have an agent. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then for like the agent searching, Something that I discovered was a site called Manuscript Wishlist. Yes. Is that correct? So yes. helpful. Yes. Yeah. And then so I think they helpful. hashtag MSWL on like Twitter. So if you like click mm -hmm. the hashtag and then there's there's um, agents and I think people who work at publishing companies, I'm not sure, <laughs> yeah. basically post what they're looking for. So y'all should do that <laughs> very helpful yeah manuscript wish list will also allow you to i'm pretty sure or they used to i don't know if they still do this but they used to allow you to go in and filter the different agents based on um like what you've written so like if you are yeah. like oh i only want to find agents that are um looking for fantasy novels you can search for just for fantasy so that you don't have to like go through a whole long list and yeah. like see a bunch of people who don't have like who aren't representing what you're writing so that's mm -hmm. also really, really helpful for finding agents. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely send your work to people who are looking for your work. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> Somebody who's like, send me horror. And then it's like, let me send my bubblegum fantasy. <laughs> like, <laughs> They'll be like, like, this is nice, but I cannot do yeah. anything for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've been on some like agent agents websites and the way that they describe what they're looking for and what they're not looking for is sometimes like really really funny <laughs> especially like the not it's like do not send me your manuscript that's like a white man who's discovering <laughs> land or something like that and i'm like yeah. yes i feel that no, literally <laughs> the way that sometimes i can tell i'm like oh, how many of these did you get like how many submissions yeah. like this did you have to deal with <laughs> I feel so bad sometimes. I'm like, ooh, oh my god, they're yeah. so specific too. That's how yeah, you know they've been specific. through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I be reading them. I'm like, I just, I do not envy your inbox. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, okay. So you gave some great advice. Um, hopefully for everyone listening, it gives you some encouragement to finish your manuscripts. It's actually very, very hard to write a book. So it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just finished a book that I've been writing since like 2014. Oh my gosh. You, it, you did. I saw your announcement. Was that, is that the same one? It, is, yes. it looks so good. It Thank looks you. so lovely. I was like, I, I can't wait to read. Done. I can send it to you. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> but, 
But yeah, so I finally finished that and I was like, oh my God, because I've started, I have so many stories that I start. It's like exciting to kind of like build a new world and get into it. But oh my gosh, getting through that middle and then finishing Mm -hmm. is so hard. So what tips do you have for somebody who's like, all right, I've built the world, I've met the characters, but now I'm in the, the middle slump. Like, how do you get past that? Okay. So I deeply feel this. I get this all the time. Mm-hmm. I have like shiny new syndrome where it's like, I'll have like, oh, like you were just saying like, oh, I have a new story. And I start working on it and I like fly through the beginning. Then I get to the middle and I'm like, but now it feels old. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, mm. But now I know all these characters and now it's like not as new and fun anymore. And I get distracted by something else. Um, what I do that helps me is I will kind of indulge this this um, tendency. I don't like to work against things with myself because then I feel like you end up fighting yourself, that you get upset mm. at yourself because you're not really doing what you want to be doing. And it just ends up being like this whole big emotional mess. And I think it's better if you're like, okay, I know that I like to be distracted. I, I am happiest when I'm hopping around at different projects. What I will do yeah. is I will pick one project that I tell myself by the end of the year, this has to be done. Like this book has mm. to be done. Every other idea I have, it doesn't have to. If I get bored of that, I can just be like, oh, bye. But yeah. this one specific project, it this is the one project for the year. By the time like New Year's Eve comes, it has to be done. Like that's the book. And so this allows me to be able to have other like background projects, I call them, where like maybe I'll have mm. a day or two where I'm like, oh, you know what I want to do? Like I want to write a fun little outline for the story or I want to write the first chapter for this other story. And that's fine. I can totally do that. But if I'm having a really busy week and I only have like three hours to write and work on something, it has to be my primary project. It has to be Mm. that project that has to be done. And so telling, giving yourself a little leniency to be like, okay, sure. Like if you want to be able to bounce around on different stuff, you totally can. But like, this is like, you're, you're married to this project for the year. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're married to this project. Like, this is the one you're committed to. Like, you have to stay with this one. Like, mm. you have to focus most of your attention on this project. And then when this year's over and it's done, you can find another project again next year and go on from there. So that's one thing that really, really helps me, um, like, yeah. hone in on something because I feel like I've already committed to it. The other yeah. thing that I would probably say that really, really helps when I get in that like middle slump is identifying what is causing the slump, which again is easier said than done. But I like to like sit myself down, take a couple seconds because one thing about me, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm always constantly thinking about thinking. I'm always constantly like being introspective and being like, okay, how am I feeling? Where am I at? And when I get bored, I like to just like take a step back and be like, okay, but where's this boredom coming from? Like what specifically Mm. is it? And I think when you sit down and you ask yourself that, you can then address that problem because there's always a reason why you're bored. Like maybe you're like, I can't think of anything to happen next. And it's like, okay, well, like, are there any stories or movies or shows that you could watch for inspiration that are similar is there a critique partner you could talk to where you can be like, hey, like, I'm not really sure where the story is going. Do you need to maybe write an outline? And I feel like when you mm. get to that specific nugget of what's holding you back, you can more easily address that than just this feeling of being stuck because that's really hard to, to yeah. fix because it's not a specific problem. Yeah, no, that's great advice, especially like the pausing and watching things to inspire you. Um mm-hmm. Like, I think while I was writing this, uh, Severance was on. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting because, you know, I'm writing about corporate stuff. Like, let me watch Severance. And I was like, oh, have you seen Severance? I want to. Fun oh fact, gosh, I was getting it. it mixed up with Secession. I thought they were the same show yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch Secession, too, because everybody says it's so good and like is it funny is it a comedy it's it's like like, it's one of those weird comedies not a weird comedy but it's like one of those comedies that um you are laughing at the characters like the characters are taking themselves very seriously and you're just like (laughs) oh honey oh no (laughs) don't do that and i i love that show for that reason it's really well written um 
and I just think it's really smartly written. It's one of my favorite shows. I love Secession. Ooh. I would have a lot of fun with it. But I do want to watch okay. Severance because I did just realize they were not the same show. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, it's oh, totally I different. <laughs> yeah, please watch Severance. Like it is so good. And when I watched it, I was just like, okay, let me see this little corporate thing, Majigger. And then I was enthralled. I was like, oh. and it definitely inspired me to like turn my writing up a notch where I'm like, oh, I can be as weird as I want to. Like if this exists, I can be as weird as I want to. <laughs> and so, yes. And it's weird in a good way. Like the, the concept is basically like you can undergo a surgery to sever your mind where you're now split into like almost two people. Like the work you, like when you're at work, your personal brain is shut off. And then when you're at home, you don't remember what happened at work. So it's like, Ooh. yeah, you walk into work and then you walk out. Like, it's almost like you go to sleep, but then that leaves the work you in a perpetual state of work. Yeah. And so, yeah. So it kind of like, so on, fascinating. Right. Cause it's almost like that work you was a different person, even though it's just, it's you. And now it's like ethically, you're almost torturing this person. Yeah. It's just like, I don't go home. I don't sleep. I guess just, I walk out of work and I, and I blink and I'm back in here. Yeah. Yeah. So that is so fast. That it. just blew my mind. That is so interesting. I'm you right? saying this and I need you to know that as soon as we're done with this podcast, I am putting that. Yeah. On. Like you just <laughs> yeah. told that so well. To me. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Because then, then it opens up the, the questions in the drama of like, if the you in, at work, let's say they fall in love and then the the work you gets pregnant, you don't even know. Like, yeah. who was in there? We don't even know. <laughs> so, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Right? Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love, like, watching or reading something where you're just like, ooh, oh, that was so good. And, like, it yes. makes you want to create. Like, it makes you want to be creative again. Those are my favorite pieces in media. Like, mm -hmm. for me, I think that most recently happened with, ironically, House of the Dragon. I'm House not. Oh, okay. Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah, I'm not. A, I wasn't a Game of Thrones girly. I I hadn't seen yeah. Game of Thrones. I hadn't read the books because they're huge. I love reading, mm -hmm. but I like if a book is like huge, it's like this big. I'm like, oof, no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's that's a lot. I feel the same way. Intimidated. Yeah, so yeah. I, I used to see a lot of like you know like George R. R. Martin stuff, and I was like, mm, I don't think it's for me. And also, I think, mm. like, I mean, we agree with this. I'm very girly. I'm very feminine. Yeah. And every time I heard about Game of Thrones, it was always, like, a guy being like, oh, it's so, it's so rough. Oh, it's so bleak. <laughs> and I'm like, great. <laughs> That's yeah. not for me. That's not my thing. But yeah. I watched House of the Dragons because a lot of my friends were super into House of the Dragon. And they were like, you will love it. It is mm. literally about these two women who are, like, Oh. weaponizing motherhood at each other like they're battling for the throne but in like a very like feminine way because it's a lot of like gender issues it's a lot about motherhood it's a lot about family and like that like domestic struggles for power yeah. and I was like okay it's so, like I put it on and I was immediately enthralled I like love any story that is about like the domestic realm because like it is about secession as well. Like it's this idea of like, okay, after the king dies, who is going to take his place? Um, because mm. the main conflict is that you have Rhaenyra, who's his daughter, who he says is going to take the throne. But because she's a girl, most people are like, mm, I don't know about that. And then you have Alicent, who is basically a child, forced to be a child bride to the king. And she has a son. And that son is technically his firstborn son. So technically that son should take the throne, but he'd already promised it to Rhaenyra. And so then Alicent and Rhaenyra, through a bunch of events that happen and just like a bunch of like bits of like betrayal and like casualties and tragedy tragedies and all these bits of like drama end up in like this like civil war for the throne. And it does sound like very typical Game of Thrones, like, it's so intense like it's so crazy but i'm like i love that it's just girls like it's two girls and they're beefing i love <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> like, the girls Ooh. are fighting the girls, the girls are, are fighting, fighting. <laughs> except like there's it's fantasy and there's dragons and castles and i'm like 
yes. I love this. <laughs> this is my favorite kind of drama. I love yeah. girl problems. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> it's a lot about like, well, my child deserves this and my child deserves that. And I'm like, wow, motherhood drama. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> love okay. So you're making me want to watch it because I too, I was never a thrown head. I don't know what Game of Thrones fans mm-hmm. are called, but I, I was never a thrown head. And so you're making me want gamers, thronies, gamers, thronies. (laughs) I like thronies, (laughs) but, but yeah, so I, I think I'm going to try it because I do like girl problems and I do like fantasy. So yes, say like there, there are like a lot of trigger warnings for like a lot of like blood and like gore and like death and that kind of stuff. Cause it is like a Game of Thrones show. But mm. I don't know. I just love the social drama. I was like, there's so yeah. much social drama here. Way more than I was expecting. <laughs> and like, I love that. I'm a girl who like loves a like gossip girl style, like CW show style. Yeah. Just like girly drama. And I was like, ooh, girly drama in a Game of Thrones show? Like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you're selling. They need to pay you for this. They need to pay you for this plug. <laughs> Because I would have never watched it if you didn't say all this right now. So, <laughs> hey, okay, now that we're down to the last 10 minutes, um, I wanted to talk about cartoons because we do this yes. at the end of every episode. And so please tell us what are your top, hmm, top three cartoons of all time. They can be anime, Western of cartoons all of all time. So it's a and, hard and- one. Jackie. Yeah, I know, I know. I've been putting people this on the spot. Is brutal. <laughs> yep, yep, all yep. time. Top yep. three. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so you asked me this and now every single yeah. piece of animated thing I've ever watched in my life has just disappeared from my head. Oh. Um <laughs> what happens? <laughs> I know every single time. Let me think. Um, I feel like anime has to take at least one spot because I am an anime girly and I do yeah. love anime so much and i'm trying to think of like either which one have i i'm trying to think of like one that maybe i've rewatched a lot or one yeah. that i've revisited a lot or one that was really really I'm impactful actually, yeah that's what i'm thinking like one that was really this is such a brutal question i'm actually like going into my <laughs> notes now because sometimes i write down things that i like so i'm like yeah I, there's no way there's no way that i can off the top of my head be like <laughs> hmm. Yeah, these are my ones of all time. I feel like Sailor Moon has to be on there somewhere. Sailor Moon yeah. has to be on there. It was. Would you consider Sailor Moon first... found family? I, well, I was thinking about that before we actually came to this podcast. I was like, yeah, um, would I consider it? And I think like I would because they're all friends and they love each other like family. Yeah. And like I feel like that love is so central to the series and like it's so central to usagi even as a character and i'm just like yeah 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 and like what we were talking about with communication and like forgiveness like that shows up a lot so okay so sailor moon you would say sailor Sailor moon Moon. there okay um (laughs) hmm. oh okay howl's moving castle i have to put a ghibli Ghibli movie up there too i think that is one of my favorite ones of all time if not, see, now I'm like, I only want to put one Ghibli movie on there. And I'm like, do I want it to be Howl <laughs> or do I want it to be Kiki? Kiki was <laughs> so very let's go good. It's good. Let's, yeah. let's go with Howl because I think that was the first Studio Ghibli film I ever watched. Okay. Um, and I was just super, super captivated by like Howl as a character. But then also just like, I just... I think Sophie was really cool too. She was really fun. I loved their dynamic. I loved the like varying tones that the movie took because at Mm -hmm. times it was like really, really wholesome, like really beautiful. And then other times you had these like really stark depictions of war. And I just really Mm. love that like range. Cause like one thing about me, I'm like, I love when a show can bring you like to the really wholesome end, but then also bring you to the other end of the spectrum where you're like, wow, I think I'm trying yes. And like, yes, so I'm like I had to, <laughs> I had to put Howl in there. Cause I'm like, I just feel like Howl does that a little bit too. So yeah. let's see. I have Sailor Moon. I have Howl. One more. Oh my God. This is really hard. <laughs> so done, let me think like, let me think of like, uh, like American cartoons. Yeah. I also really do like those. Hmm. 
one that comes up a lot with a lot of guests is like Powerpuff Girls, Totally Spies, Hey Arnold. Those are classics. <laughs> yeah. Powerpuff yeah. Girls was me like when I was a kid. That was my favorite thing when I was little. You know what I'm going to say? Me too. This was my favorite show for, I want to say between the ages of like seven, six, seven to about 11, 12. Yeah. Um, Codename Kids Next Door. Hey. <laughs> that one had me. I'm going to make that one my third. Yeah. Okay, that was my okay, okay. favorite show for like a ridiculously long time. And I feel like people don't really talk about that one. I actually know. I've been they don't. about it lately. Like, yeah. I've been talking about it lately, but I remember like when I was like coming up and I'd be like, yeah, I love coding Kids Next Door. People would be like, what is that? And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. oh people don't talk about it a lot. And I, I feel like it had to have been popular. And yet, when it comes to reminiscing, I feel like people don't really reminisce about it. <laughs> you know what? I've seen it a lot with yeah. um, Halloween costumes. I think because it's so easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. If you want to be, if you want to be number five, you just get the cap and like the the little hoodie, and you're good. Yeah. And you go like this, put your hand up. Everybody and she's knows. one of the few like <laughs> black female characters like that we grew up with. So it's like right. You know. So yeah, yeah people don't really. Like I and even I like I used to love the show, but and I know there was like an ongoing storyline that I cannot remember. <laughs> I, I kind like of remember. I think, I think it had something yeah. to do with like people getting because it was there was a rule in the show where it was like you turn thirteen and you don't remember like oh yeah being part of the the spies anymore. So I think there was mm -hmm. something about like people getting old it was like i remember like the teens were always fighting the little kids which like yeah back, i'm like y'all like, are teens why are you fighting these small children <laughs> right, like, right leave them alone exactly. <laughs> how messed up <laughs> literally like wow yeah um, but yeah i know yeah wow. i love i that love that really, that was really that was a real throwback that was such yeah. a good question <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch like samurai jack um what else was on around that time code lyoko <laughs> like that's one that Cold nobody Lyoko. talks about okay i know a lot of people like it but i was really really into like aesthetics as a kid and i yeah. didn't like their foreheads because their foreheads <laughs> were huge i couldn't get past it like as a kid i was like yeah mm, that's not for me <laughs> <laughs> they are like kind of ugly but, like, but i kind of vibe good. Yeah, I vibe yeah. with it, but it was like one of those weird shows, like like Mega's XLR, where it's like it's on, everybody's watching it, but nobody really like. There's no stands. Like I don't think there yeah. are Kozioko stands out there. <laughs> I'm like, they're probably gonna show up now because you right. They're gonna come off the woodwork. Now they're gonna be like, how dare you? They're gonna find. But like, yeah, it's like there's so many cartoons it's like okay we definitely watch this but they're like forgotten samurai and now jack is oh samurai jack and what yeah. was the other one johnny bravo the guy with the sunglasses yes 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 the, the black mm -hmm. teacher was that him i'm like I'm, yeah i never hear anybody talking about that either nope or cow and chicken <laughs> oh yeah no Courage yep. Cowardly Dog, I feel like it's getting a renaissance. I feel like I didn't hear people talking yes. about it for a while. And now people are talking about Courage again. And I'm like, good. I'm yes. Like, good show. I feel like Courage the Cowardly Dog shaped me as a human being because, <laughs> like, I've always liked, like, cute and creepy. And maybe it's because I was yeah. sitting there watching that. <laughs> you know like, what? you're right. Because I also really yeah. did like Courage. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe that's where it comes from. <laughs> that's what the cute and creepy pipeline starts with courage the cowardly dog and also invader zim those two like if you watch those two i feel like you're now a cute and creepy girl <laughs> yeah, i love how invader zim has been coming back because of tiktok and everybody thinks like the little audios are really yes. funny <laughs> it's yep. been so and they funny. are like <laughs> invader zim is one of those cartoons where it's like how did this get made Yes, I think about it all the time. I think about it all. Yeah. Oh, a modern cartoon I really like actually. We Bear Bears. Yes, it's so Do you cute. know We Bear Bears? Yes, it's so cute. Love. I love the little bear that likes like K dramas <laughs> and yeah, K pop. I have. Oh man, I have a um a little stuffed animal of the of Ice Bear, the polar bear yes. one. Yeah, I have one of. Oh my God, it's so cute. I love. Them.
<laughs> yeah, that's a that is a good one. That's a great choice. That was a good one. What other cartoon is out right now? Like, I feel like my knowledge of modern cartoons kind of like took a nosedive after like regular show and um yeah God, what's the other one adventure time like mm-hmm. i feel like that was my like peak <laughs> and now i don't even yeah. know what's going on like i heard that i need to watch craig of the creek i know i need to watch craig of the creek and i, have, I have think you i seen saw it? i saw a couple episodes of those years ago um yeah and i did like it i thought it was really really cute and it was really well done it yeah. was really fun. Aww. I really liked it. I would recommend it. Okay. Um, See, I need to get on my cartoon game. I've fallen off. <laughs> the one I've been rewatching, my like show that's been like on in the background while I work is um yeah. the Amazing World of Gumball. Yes. Like oh, let's so talk about funny. it. <laughs> so funny. So yes. funny. <laughs> now that is a perfect show. Like, I, there's not a single episode of that show that I've watched where I have not laughed and been like, the writers are geniuses. They are so (laughs) funny. And I think like, they're so good at making jokes that are like legit funny, but also Mm -hmm. I'm like, a kid would also laugh at this. Cause sometimes sometimes I'm like watching a show and I'm like, but do kids like it? And this Mm -hmm. show I'm like, no, I know the kids like this. Cause I'm like, if I was like little, I can see myself still like laughing at this. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that is a, it's perfection all around. No notes. (laughs) No notes. No No notes. (laughs) But I also loved, now this is just a walk down memory lane, but I also loved like Flapjack. Did you watch Flapjack? I didn't. See, for me, there there were a couple, (laughs) what happened with me was we had, like, cable on and off in my childhood, so there Mm. were some shows that I watched, and then some ones that, like, started when we didn't have cable, and then when I got it again, I didn't know what they were, so I didn't want to watch them. (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, oh, I don't know who this, I was like, who's Flapjack? Get away from me. Right, right. (laughs) Like, you're a stranger. new person? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, I feel like you would like Flapjack, because if you like the creepy stuff, like, Flapjack was so, like disturbingly creepy sometimes or like just unsettling yeah like there's this episode called like the most beautiful man in the world and it's like this dude named timmy (laughs) timmy tummy tums or something and he's like the most beautiful (laughs) man in the world him and his family and they're so beautiful they have to wear these sacks on their head so they have these like burlap sacks on their head with like faces drawn on which is creepy enough (laughs) i am so into this yeah, like, you should watch it. When they take the sack off, it's like, there's, like, a choir of children singing, the most beautiful man in the world. <laughs> that is so funny. I yeah. love cartoons for this very reason. Because, like, where else, like, where else would you find that? You know, like, that's exactly. iconic. I love exactly. that. So please watch it because I feel like, yeah, if you like Courage and you like Invader Zoom and like that weird, creepy stuff, like, yeah, you would love Flapjack because it was, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think it would get greenlit uh, in this day and age. <laughs> and that kind of makes me sad about like modern cartoons. I'm like, man, yeah. let them be weird. You know, let's exactly. take risks. I want to mm-hmm. see some weird stuff. I want to be, I want to feel creeped out. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, I feel like, yeah, I do like modern cartoons. I feel like they are still very good and you can still, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I wish they were a little weirder. Yes, yes. (laughs) Like that episode of Courage um, with Fred. Do you remember that? The guy who comes and like he's trying to cut his hair or something, like cut Courage's hair. He has a weird face. Yeah, he had like this the big creepy guy? smile. Yeah, and then he had like wild blonde hair. Yeah, and then he he was like saying something about someone being naughty. He's like naughty or something. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't even remember what he was doing there, but just it was so creepy. And all he was doing was cutting Courage's hair. But I was just like <laughs> the one that that I like that just stayed with me through life was the guy who was like um. I forget what Courage did. I don't remember if Courage stole something or if, like, um, the the guy stole something. But it was, like, this, like, skeleton in these, like, long flowing robes. Oh, the one that's, like, like, return the slam. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, return (laughs) the slam. I think about it all the time. And I, like, 
don't know if you do this, but sometimes, like, when, like, I've watched a show with people, I'll, like, re-quote things. So, like, when I was yes. coming up, like, me and my cousins would just constantly be chasing each other, like, return the slap! Yes! <laughs> return the slap! It's funny you brought that one up, because I just took my twist out, and then when I looked at my hair, and I... Friend, I was like, why am I looking like return the slab right now? And she did not know what I was talking about. <laughs> no. Oh my god, that's the yeah. worst. The worst is <laughs> when you make a funny reference and you're like, no, yeah. listen, if you would have known what I was talking about, exactly. you would have laughed so hard. <laughs> you would have known I was hilarious. Exactly. Because I have one piece of hair doing this and another doing that. I'm like, please, <laughs> like, I wish you knew. <laughs> But okay, so we we're over time now. But <laughs> but to wrap up the podcast, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. Yes. So if you would like to, you can find me at my website, which is Asia Monet, A-S-H-I-A-M-O-N-E-T dot I'm on Twitter at Asia Monet, spelled the same way. And on Instagram and TikTok, I am at Asia Writes, which is A S H I A W R I T E S. A. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us. Um, and what I like to do is try to make like a little heart with guests to end it. I don't even know. Oh my God, is it working? Okay. I think it is. Keep going. Keep going. Go over. Yeah. All right. There we go. There we go. (laughs) There we go. We did it. Thank you. Lovely. (laughs) But all right. Bye, magical people. Bye.